Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Nympha Alumni. I'm Biz. I'm with Sam and Alexi. And today we're going to tackle a topic that we mentioned in brief at some point in our episode catalog, which is kind of the idea of Harley Davidson Harlot, which we will now expand on in the wake of Kylie Jenner launching her first ever kind of exclusive fashion brand, Kai, which um, is kind of homogeneously this moto inspired heavy leather structured look uh that references a lot of kind of fashion and culture that's been centered around this kind of yeah moto inspired aesthetic over the past few years with brands like Balenciaga the rebrand of Diesel under Glenn Martins and smaller designers as well so yeah what did you guys think of the release of Kai to start with. So my first impression, I was, I don't know why I've been getting really into the Kardashians again, like watching the show and that type of thing. But Kylie kept repeating that she was back in her King Kylie era. So I was really looking mm-hmm. forward to see what she was going to drop. I thought it was going to be some like weird skater slash backpack wrap type brand <laughs> that she was going to revolutionize the fashion industry somehow. But I was quite disappointed to see it was just like weird pleather outfits like I am not a big fan of pleather unless it's a jacket you know it's kind of giving like winter skims like on the website it's all just these like puffer jackets in different forms and like a big puffer coat and then like kind of cat suits body suits uh cargo pants nothing really that original but I do think it's like a look that we associate with the Kardashians this like monochrome uniform that's a bit like equal parts skin tight and with like crazy proportions Mm -hmm. i think they have a certain like additive kind of style that is based on like constructing an armor like exoskeleton which is very much what we're gonna be talking about today um i'm also kind of surprised because for a second she was like going in this cottage core direction with her like timothy chalamet like call me by your name ass picnic stuff and like wearing a lot more like floral romantic soft things so it seems like this is a step in the opposite direction but i think it's probably doesn't really have that much to do with her like personal taste and style like it's just like selling the look to other people it's also it's super yeezy like it's it's yeah like oh yeah Yeah. whole yeezy look like it reminds me of that whole campaign where kanye like dressed these other celebrities up as kim and did like fake paparazzi photos like the claremont twins and like other kind of similarly bodied women it's just like a kind of clone mm-hmm. clone mm-hmm. vibe that reminds me of like the early easy, easy collections and also like calling it like drop 002 like that yeah yeah it's giving 032c like, yeah factory-esque <sighs> like i don't know it, it yeah. kind of gives stem for some reason yeah no it's i mean they, they're biohacked as fuck and like definitely clones of each other and you know lately in the past it really disturbed me and i think i've gone on record on this podcast talking about how they are like they represented some sort of botched fertility goddesses to me mm-hmm. and it was very disturbing to me but for some reason uh the past few months i've been kind of vibing with it a lot more i find it really interesting and bizarre that they're such powerful figures in the culture but um kylie to me a, a kai the the clothing line it, it's starting to get repetitive like their style you know like i think kim has been really slaying with skims in a way that's been really unexpected yeah but kai just feels a little too it's not different enough for me like it's yeah. it's a little bit too too much the same but it is moto mommy harley davidson harlot yeah. vibes it is which yeah. you know well actually i guess just off off that point like i was reflecting on some of the predictions we've made in the past and i actually think that like the popularity of the harley davidson harlot look kind of rejects our prediction that we made in the what was that episode called about like hell and like i don't know what was it with the balenciaga oh, scandal the, it was like cons- oh satanism pop, oh, pop, yeah. pop, pop yes satanism yes of course yeah. Yeah. Pop culture satanism i believe it was that episode we predicted that like the evil vanta black futurism of balenciaga will die out as a result of yeah. both the oversaturation of the balenciaga look which is very much the inspiration for Kai plus Balenciaga scandal but now I think it's here to stay because like it may seem really tired to those of us who follow fashion but I was thinking like in terms of consuming this on a more affordable level it's actually probably quite fresh for the average Kardashian fan 
Like I noticed that brands like Jaded London have that target these these kind of Kardashian fan girls have been like pivoting to a darker and more distressed look for months, but Kylie doing it and endorsing it so heavily for her first kind of exclusive fashion brand, I think adds a new level of validity to its thoughtitude potential, especially amidst Kylie debauchifying herself and then becoming more of like a looks goal for yeah, these yeah. women as well. So mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting to see. It almost reminds me a bit of kind of like the Addison Ray praying scandal where we realized in that moment that like whilst praying was so washed to all of us who were watching kind of alternative fashion spread, so many people actually weren't familiar with it. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like that's kind of what's happening here right now as well. Yeah, it's kind of like a market penetration, like wake up call as to what's mm-hmm. really Yes, going I on. love that. I love that phrase. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's also that the nihilism isn't as isn't communicating as strongly anymore. Mm-hmm. With Balenciaga, I think it just became incredibly dark. Like their last collection before everything blew up, I think it would have it would have been that mud runway. It was really dark and nihilistic, and like I think that's just not you know that the influences are there with Kai's clothing line, but it's still I think in general the Kardashians are moving in a more lighthearted direction especially with the latest skims campaign the après chic thing with the nadia lee cohen photo shoot so good but one thing that i did realize with the harley davidson harlot thing is that um weirdly enough i feel like the kardashians influenced its creation and it's like kind of trajectory even within the more alt fashion world because i think its origins really do start with like 2016 thrasher core you know, like I think it really does start with like figures like oh god, I'm sorry, hold on, what's her name? Sarah Snyder. Oh, Tay- no, no, Tayana oh. Taylor with the p- pixie cut, like that era. Mm-hmm. You know, of fashion. Even that was so easy. You know, like it was. Yeah, that was all easy. Like I, I don't know. It must be weird to be Kanye yeah, and like, see that like this aesthetic that you invented like now has become so like core to the Kardashian image that now they're like selling it in their own way. That's like right. Like They're Balenciaga, kind of like, like girl bossifying his, yeah, vision, you know, like being like, because you know, I actually saw it. Um, I think it's called the People's Gallery do an interview with Kim wearing this Chrome Hearts look over the weekend, yeah. and someone in the comments was like, "Oh, it's so refreshing to hear her interest- introduce herself as Kim Kardashian and not Kim Kardashian West." And it's mm-hmm. like now they've like taken his aesthetic and they're making it their own aesthetic, and it's not like Kim is being like, "Oh, you know, Kanye is my my creative director." Mm-hmm. Uh, also, funny quote on creative directors this is so unrelated funny quote on um creative directors and also a kind of harley davidson harlot connection with diesel was yeah it's glenn martin yeah he gave like an interview yeah he gave an i was trying to find out like what his inspiration behind a lot of like the rebranding surrounding diesel was and i couldn't find him saying anything clear or concrete but he did have this one quote that said it is the most complicated time in human history to be a creative director. And I was like, I feel like this is the only time in human history we can have creative directors. Like, I don't know. I just thought that was a funny quote. That's really, yeah. I'm like, huge bowl. I, I agree with him. Is he talking about? <laughs> no, I agree with him. I think he's right. Why? Because like people are making fun of creative directors. Like, no, because I think there's such an onus now on the creative director to make, and a really profitable fashion line that's not really predicated on their creative vision like it was during the Carl Lagerfeld days when there was a sense of respect for the creative director and now we just see them getting ousted every couple seasons you know it's true um, it's true and they all have you noticed they all kind of look the same and they all have like kind of dangly earrings yeah they do have they all have the earrings. same they have the same uh Gosha Rubchinsky haircut you know mm-hmm. like yeah Yeah, I was actually thinking about how the creative directors that were really formative to the Moto-inspired look in the past five or so years Mm -hmm. are European. Like, Glenn Martins obviously became creative director of Diesel in 2020, and then Demna, creative director of Balenciaga, who's been doing this for, like, honestly, I feel like six years. The Moto reference has been in Balenciaga, but he's Georgian. But then I was like... And motorcycle culture feels really American, which it is. But then statistically, it's not, which, Alexi, I know you wrote some really interesting notes about. Um, but I was reading about how, you know, Europe, Europe and North America are still 
pretty car centric, but then cultures in India and China and Southeast Asia account for like more than half the world's population. Yeah. And then there's um, those places, motorcycles and mopeds and bikes of all kind. (laughs) Yeah. But then I guess obviously the culture of motorcycles feels really American. Thanks to like Harley Davidson, James Dean, et cetera. It just feels a little bit more like subcultural. Like it's... Mm-hmm. It's not like a mode of transport for the average person. Yeah, it feels very like risky still, as like a social vibe and as like a like people are still just kind of scared of it. Like I don't know, I dated a guy who was like a dirt biker, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, like he's crazy. He's like off the rails." But I'm like, he just needs to like get around. I feel like um the thing about the kind of a uh, foreign bike like motorcycle use is that those bikes. I know in Mexico I've ridden uh, motorcycles like that, but they're like a lot flimsier and they don't go as fast. And it feels yeah. like if you fall off it, it's almost like the same as falling off a bicycle. You yeah, know what I mean? True. Like you're just going to like scrape your knee or something. Yeah. It's essentially like a bike with like a motor. I think like the Harley Davidson Harlot thing, like you're thinking of like these big, like huge engine, bulky ass, like shiny chrome motorcycles, which are such like an aesthetic mm-hmm. difference in the kind of janky like motorbikes that the majority of the population uses to just get around the city yeah i can talk about that quickly yeah please i was just thinking about how like it's like there's a a white trash element to the harley davidson harlot thing like we've talked about like truck stop hookers and that like lot lizard type of americana side of it but i feel like there's also an element that's like pretty global south core i think especially like the futurism side i'll link this article about like uh, motorcycles and african contemporary art but like there are a lot of photographers who like shoot like african motorcyclists and how they kind of like trick out their bikes in these insane ways and it's like pretty fashion like it's like an extension of the body and a quote from that is the expansion of urban spaces across africa has seen the rise of new networks city dwellers can now weave through the traffic with only the tar in the horizon ahead motorcycles and bicycles are symbolic of the freedom and growth of africa's economy in the 21st century it's therefore no surprise that this millennium has seen many artists from africa utilizing these machines in their artistic medium of expression dot 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 so they use cape town as an example and they say like as it's expanding and more people move to urban areas traffic congestion is increasing and with it the trend to beat it with more flexible vehicles each evening the revolutions and revolts of motorbikes echo through Mowbray along the M5 byway as the violence-ridden metropolis is bled out in an avalanche of sound and surrender. I think there's just also something really like weird and poetic about like the one with the machine like way that you become when you're on a motorcycle and you're just like this person who's like weaving between cars of people who are like I don't know, like it just it makes you feel quite post-human. There's also like the Che Guevara motorcycle diaries vibe. I love that. That was the I know, first my mom's rated like R movie with I saw. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. And in the same article, they quote that and say, the vision of the noble loner, whether freedom fighter or biker, gives hope to world weary revolutionaries and non revolutionaries alike. So I'm also thinking of like Tron Legacy, like Mad Max, like the vision of someone on a motorcycle in this like futuristic way, but also kind of in an apocalyptic way. Like mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. makes you it's like so detached from the landscape, but also feel like. This rush of like the lonely bikers who freeze mine at night. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you see, you are like intimately connected with your surroundings. Yeah. I live in a car based city. Obviously, I drive my car around a lot. I take a lot of road trips. I drive very long distances. And for uh, the first year that the podcast was going on, I don't know if I ever talked about this on air, but I didn't have AC in my car and it was like a really hot summer in Texas. And so I would like drive around with all of the windows down and it made me feel a lot more real and connected to my environment whenever I had all the windows down and my AC was broken. It just felt like you were actually walking around and like connecting with your city a lot stronger than if you were driving around with the windows rolled up. I don't know if that's no, just like, that's a stupid so observation. I, I, mean, I didn't but... have AC this whole summer, basically, in my like old apartment. And the like way that there was no differentiation between like inside and outside, I think like really did something to my brain. Mm-hmm. I also think like part of the motorcycle futurism. And why it's so apocalyptic is because it feels like relinquishing the fantasy of like walkable cities and like a pastoral like there's so much like fetishization of like how European cities are like walkable and built to human scale. Whereas I feel like motorcycle culture is like so fast and like hard and like long distance and like crazy. I also think about like the Daft Punk helmets and how it seems like the motorcycle helmet is like this very anti-surveillance vibe which seems to be like an increasing concern or theme in fashion it's like 
anonymous Guy Fox mask type beat. Mm, yeah. In um, that movie, nope, there's this biker who appears kind of in a pivotal scene and he's wearing this motorcycle helmet like and it's reflective and he's like twitch streaming or something yeah he's like twitch streaming and it's really scary because you can't see the guy's face yeah so i think of that yeah i when i think of when i think of this it feels like also there's some sort of anime influence oh yeah it's very somehow. like akira like the akira motorcycle slide yeah shit. and like um i think blade runner as well mm-hmm seems like something that's percolating a bit but alexia i like your point a lot about how connecting to the motorcycle is like kind of a post-human thing i guess that makes a lot of sense in the context Mm -hmm. of the kardashians and their biohacking Mm -hmm. it's also like such a thing in new york also like the e-bike revolution has like completely changed the pedestrian experience and also like the driving experience like these rogue individuals who are like monsters yeah they're like on the sidewalk they're on the street they're going like (laughs) faster than any car or human could ever go and they can like get into these narrow spaces and stuff like it feels like very insane like it just changes the pace of of daily life a lot i also love mad max like i could talk about mad max forever Mm -hmm. yeah there's like a weird climate doomer vibe in this because it's kind of like the motorcycle vibe is so like fossil fuel core you know like there's no it's like very gasoline smell. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's just not very like solar punk. It's like, okay, like hop on the motorcycle and like rev it up. Well, I think it can be kind of like a tweaker, like a tweaker vibe too, if you get like the right kind of bike, because it just feels like something you can actually just assemble by hand if you're just like tweaked out enough, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's just a, uh, the Mad Max vibe was really strong. Like, yeah, that's the thing that with Harley Davidson Harlow, I, I feel like it doesn't lean that deeply into the desert tweaker, like actual motorhead, like. Kind of Americana vibe that I feel like it could. Yeah. That Mad Max, Harley Davidson Harlot, I feel like would be kind of better than – I think what what's kind of stronger right now is like the F1 kind of Euro bike type yeah. vibe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because the Europeans are at the helm. But I, I also wanted to say in relation to the gasoline fumes, I was thinking about what Glenn Martin's inspiration was for his diesel rebrand, which is really pivotal to the larger – Oh. Yeah. Harley Davidson Harley look and I was like oh my god he was totally doing like semiotic tree associations with the word diesel and he was like oh diesel <laughs> motorcycles leather jacket motorcycle leather that looks old <laughs> like that's like 100% what he was doing because I was like I was like no like Dimna was thinking about like the inherent sense of decay and distress with like mm. these clothes that are meant to like endure and get scuffed up and I was like Glenn Martin's definitely was like diesel like 100% <laughs> Um, and I feel like that, like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, there's the episode done. Like, like, you know, (laughs) it's, Diesel is like actually quite like, I don't know why they got written off for so long, but I was doing research for a book that I'm working on. And like, there's this campaign that they did in 2001 called the Daily African, where they like did these fake spreads with like fake newspaper headlines about like the fall of Europe, where it would be like the the image is like a bunch of black people like dressed really glamorously and like having a fun time and like popping champagne everywhere and then the daily african headline will be like birth rate booms in italy and spain europe set back even further or like european developing countries targeted by african tobacco industry like inverting the like africa versus the west mm-hmm. thing and i was like wait like why did diesel used to be so cool no, they were Afrofuturists because yes. they were known for their controversial messaging and ads, which were, was so yeah. lost during our lifetime as young people. Yeah. But now I just think Glenn is like really referencing that in his playfulness that he brings to the shows. Mm-hmm. Even the fact that their last show, I think they invited, it was like attended by 5,000 people or something like that. And then a lot of them were fashion school students. Um, oh, wow. There's just such an inherent sense of, like, what if I did something crazy? Which definitely 90s and 2000s diesel was always about. The fact that they're also designer jeans, too. Like, I feel like we've talked about before how, like, designer jeans fell off. That's, like, their origin story. It's true. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Apparently they have this enormous denim library. Like, they have one of the largest denim libraries in the world, Diesel does. And, like, a lot of the stuff that they've been putting on the runway, I think, controversially comes from the library. And I think a lot of, like, the hype beast forums are just like really angry at diesel because they're just like it's from the library it's from the archive like this is not original or something but i think it's like a sustainability tip which is kind of cool as well 
kind of like recycling, just like already like repurposed denim. Um, I guess it's like if you're put at the helm of a brand and you're obviously being told to like make it relevant, sexy and profitable, the smartest thing to do is like return to the archive because, you know, that's what's Mm going to work. It makes sense based off of consumers proven love of revisiting archival styles yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it you know mm. even Mark though we sure. i feel like i feel like i've probably um shit on archival repurposing in the past but i mean i hate about it the but... um <laughs> the, the diesel <laughs> miniskirt like the material that it's made out of i've also just seen a lot of people like review it for like clickbait being like this skirt mm-hmm. is just a belt like and then people being like, oh, fashion is so absurd. Like, how are you going to even wear that? The girls are like, you can't move around in it. Whatever. Like, don't care. But I think that, like, people always talk about how the material is this, like, weird, like, plastic, like, synthetic vibe. And it reminds me of the shit that would be, like, at the bottom of your car. You know, like, where your feet are when mm-hmm. you're sitting? What is that called? Like, I feel like, like they're... A, like a floor mat in your car? Yeah. Like the car mat? I think there's a name for them. I don't remember what they're called. I just like, like how they're using these like weird materials to I feel like they're using like industrial materials to make like yeah. human clothes, which I think is quite I mean cool. it's giving Northern Europe it is. Yeah. You know? Which is I think Glenn Martin's from Antwerp. Um yeah, he's Belgian. So makes sense. It's an yeah. interesting Where's- contrast with like Gorpcore stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like Gorpcore is like preparing you for nature, but motorcycle mommy is preparing you for like some kind of urban disastrous life of like crime and speed yeah i like that i like the um yeah no it's more gorpcore feels more just like escapism into the woods and harley davidson harlot kind of is like going straight into the fire and it's almost like the purge like you want to do you want to be on the fighting lines of like the dying city streets in the post-apocalyptic fantasy right yeah it does feel like people are just like when they dress like they have to feel prepared yeah. Because I guess no, going yeah, outside I mean, is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, no, the ravey vibes as well, I think, are pretty strong. I think motocross and rave flyers have this sort of very intrinsic relationship. I think that's just been like a rave flyer type style is to have the motocross font, you know, um, which I find mm-hmm. interesting as well, like the need for speed. And I think raves are high BPM, uppers, and Northern Europe. I don't know. It's all It's all seeming pretty interconnected. I was trying to figure out, like, what's the gay vibe of this? Because I was just thinking about Dimna's obsession with Modo. Yeah, it's the rape thing. It's, and, no, it's not. Uh, well, uh, I was just thinking, like, what has drawn him to this as silhouette? As, you know, kind of the foremost designer of our time in, in some ways for, like, over five years, you know? He, re- like, debuted a motocross boot in 2020 i'm sure there were other hints of it in previous collections before that like i'm trying to think about like what is besides kind of the things we've outlined is there something more on like a personal level that would draw him to this motif for like half of a decade you know Mm -hmm. i feel like the gay vibe though to answer that is Mm -hmm. like it's like a tom of finland like leather daddy type of thing in one part and also just like the general like uniform like men in uniform Thing I think is really attractive to gay guys, but also I always I don't even want to say this because everyone's gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" But like, I follow a lot of gay guys, so I get a lot of like gay porn on my TL, and <laughs> like, there's this one account that I also see people like posting about on TikTok, where it's like this motocross guy who's like always like in Europe in this like insane biker outfit, like buttoned all the way up, like literally looks like an action figure and he's like never taken off his helmet but he's always like jerking off in the woods and stuff and like oh, wow. i think people think it's really hot because he's like never takes off his helmet and it's like always wearing this like crazy structured well <laughs> maybe we should edit that out <laughs> I no know. i was actually well on that point i was actually going to try to touch on the uniform vibe and i was also like questioning whether or not i should talk about like uniform fetishism yeah because i think in general what we as a generation are probably going to be most defined by or Gen Z as a generation is going to be most defined by is uniforms. Like every single trend, every single fashion staple that we've had as, as like a generation is a uniform. It started with the schoolgirl uniform, workwear, milserp, you know, now we're going into kind of like sports uniforms. Then we're going into librarian vibes and then we're going to 
and are now doing like motorcycle vibes as well. Mm-hmm. And it's very like village people, YMCA. Oh my God. You know yeah. what I mean? Like What's you're all next? just kind of doing and, and then there's also like and then I was kind of thinking about Gen Z and the way that they communicate and they're signaling. And it's like there is almost like a uniformity in the way that they communicate already because there's just all these like prepackaged statements. It passes the TikTok comment section test and it suddenly becomes like integrated into your language. Mm-hmm. And it's all that's all a very uniform way of communicating. So I just feel like it relates back to that like risk averse thing we keep touching on with Gen Z. You know what I mean? Like it's a comfortable, already predetermined yeah, also I think space it's like that a, you can operate in. A Gen Z sex negativity vibe, like to be so kind of like structured with your clothing. Like I, I've mm-hmm. noticed that like younger people, despite us being like the generation that's so like body positivity are like so anti-nudity in like every way. Mm-hmm. Like I just know a lot of girls who are like, Literally, like, I just don't want to have sex because I don't want to take my clothes off type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, like, very common, I feel like. Because, I mean, we're just not – I mean, I, I do think um, in general we all are consuming media on the same platforms. I mean, there's also various other reasons for this, but off the top of my head, it's, like, we're all consuming medias on the same platform, like, no matter what your age is, whether you're a child or an adult. And so, like, every single – item of media that you're consuming on the day-to-day basis is censored as though it's being targeted to a child. Like we no longer have like a sort of like adult, like there's not really a separation between like adult and child spaces as much, you know, with social media, I think. Wait, is that that, like a weird point? I don't know. No, I think that's good. I think like uniform fetishism is going to be a huge Gen Z thing. Like I was really fascinated in everyone's obsession with this guy who like just has his cock out, but like nothing else. Like they're really into his like outfit and helmet (laughs) and stuff. Wait, but that was some, a big thing on Tumblr that I remember. And I was like, I yeah, had like written yeah, a whole so paragraph real. on this and I deleted it because I was like, well, this is going to be like too like uh, X-rated for the podcast. But I'll talk <laughs> I'll talk about it because it's like on Tumblr, there were all of these accounts that were uniform fetish accounts. They were like working class uniform fetish accounts. That's be like, like the pointing guy gif. Yeah. With yeah, the tie. Yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah. Oh my God. That was so, that was so horrible. But like, no, there is the one where. There's a few where it was like oil field workers and it would be like their faces were obscured by bandanas or wow. by sunglasses. And That's so it was it was a lot of like it, yeah, no, and that was such a thing. And it was so dark and it was like kind of like weird core. Yeah. Before weird core when it would be like those pages, you know, yeah. where it was like cursed images or whatever. And but it would be like cursed image core pornography of mm-hmm. people in uniforms. And I feel like that's like really interesting. I mean, it is a little bit like it it kind of signals into some sort of insecurity in the bedroom, right? You need sort of like a, the organicism and the vulnerability is scary to you. So you have to like put on a suit of armor basically. So yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's real as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about those uh, Tumblr era fetish images a lot in the context of this episode because I kept thinking about these pictures of people like lying in mud or like a girl mm-hmm. like dipping her foot into mud. And this all feels like that to me yeah it's it has to do with like i think just like fossil fuel culture is such a sensory fossil fuel culture (laughs) i love that i don't know i'm really just like thinking about like oil slicks and like gasoline smell and like vroom vroom type shit like it's just Mm -hmm. so evocative and like sexy but like why i don't know (laughs) like is it just like risk or something? I, I don't really know if that's what it is. I, it's just like I feel like a sensor as a sensory experience, it's really satisfying. Like the ASMR aspect of like oil slicks, yeah, it's like and adrenaline, leather, you yeah. know, and fast moving activities. I don't know. And then I think also just I I'm very fascinated by the history of oil in America. I find it to be so powerful. Like very like just like Dave like Day Lewis core type shit. I don't know, but like. <laughs> Um, it is just such a weird and because it, it, I think it represents such an ominous natural threat that comes from the subterranean place that yeah, changed so the world sided. forever. Yeah. You know, it it almost feels demonic. It's like from hell, this thing came and changed the world, and now we're this like industrialized. It created like an explosion, like a literal explosion. There are parts of Killers yeah. of the Flower Moon that are like that vibe. Like there are all of those shots yeah. of like the oil fields on fire and like the people like I think they used it as the poster, like the people like covered in oil and like yeah. jumping around in joy. I actually just wrote something that is about the rise of oil and beauty. Thinking about like lip oils, hair oils, a lot of products like referencing the idea of oil. And I won't go into it too much, but I guess off the back of that, there's something like really ancient about oil as well, which we're kind of like talking about as well, like the dark sidedness. But then also there's like this 
this like luxury as well so it's like the luxury comes out in the beauty side but then the kind of like darker side of oil feels like it comes out in the fashion mm-hmm. that's true that is very true yeah this is um, i feel like so much of this is just giving me like a yin yang spectrum where i'm like everyone is either like doing a, a cottage core like historicism thing like that's super romantic like kylie's like picnic shit versus like the reality of kai and that mm-hmm. seems like the same thing to me as like oil versus cream and skincare but also i think i'm just like freaking out <laughs> just like what is happening in society no, that's like a really good but it's a, it's just so visceral and it's just very i don't know so it's a so it's a strange sensory experience which we've talked about many times we lack oftentimes in our society i really want to man now i regret my research tip because i really wanted this to become like a Dow Chemical expose, yeah. and then I was like, "No, that's gonna be too crazy." Well, I mean, like to bring it back to our, our like one of my OG like beauty hypotheses about like the frictionless beauty thing of like mm-hmm. people being really uncomfortable with texture and like having crazy dysmorphia about like the reality of like living in a body that isn't like perfectly smooth and shiny and like mm-hmm. the shit that you see on screens. Which also, I feel like we've talked about. When did we start talking about, like, Toy Story and, like, early animation and how everything was, like, super shiny because they couldn't, like, render mm-hmm. other shit? Like, I feel like that's kind of all connected. Like, the oil thing. Like, you just see so many of these, like, beauty images. Like, the lip oil stuff and, like, this, like, super glass skin shit. Like, I think everyone just wants to cover their face in, like, a thing of oil so it looks like an NFT or something. Like, Well, then that's, like, you're slippery so there's no friction or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's just, you're, you're just kind of, like, slithery sliding. Everyone's trying to get in the amniotic sac. Like, yeah, Yes! Just oh, my God, dude, Something yes. weird going on. Yeah, return to the womb. But oh now I'm just God. thinking about, like, the ducks that are, like, covered in oil and stuff. It makes me really sad. We need... Yeah. Wait, I won't say that, but Put I'll say that, like, I think some people shit. don't remember how, like, traumatizing the oil spill shit was. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, a huge deal. Yeah. I... Growing up at a beach town, we would get, like, dried oil... Yeah, um, and we also had like a shit ton like of, on the Gulf Coast. It's on the Gulf Coast, yeah. We had a ton of refineries, yeah. Like my, we were a Flint Hills town. Like the the town was built around Flint Hills. Like you know, we were and everybody worked at you know the oil refinery. You know, women, men. That that's children. one of the reasons why I, children. Yeah, no, that's one of the reasons why I left because there was like no jobs outside of the refineries. <gasps> I was like, I have to go to Austin to find like some sort of career for myself. But like, uh, and then nursing, obviously. But like, I also just watched Dunkirk and like the part where, like, I think like an oil tanker gets like. Exp- I don't know. There's just a bunch of oil on the water, and then the water catches on fire, and Harry Styles comes out, and he's like. He was under the water, but, like, he's all oily and, like, everyone explodes. I was just like, what is this, like, chemical vibe that's going on? Like, No, yeah. It's, but it's, it's like, because I think. came out a long time ago. I just, I'm freaking out about oil right now. No, I think it's just because it has, like, an, a, a demonic symbolism behind it. You know, the subterranean creature that, like, drives man mad with greed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's always, like, the oil story or something. It's, like, the wildcatters of the West, like, coming through. And, like, you know, it's, like, it, it's a very evil and strange like almost like a possession yeah, you know? the fact that it's and, like black and like just mm-hmm. and yeah and it's like it, it it's impossible to get off you need that dawn dish so you yeah, know what i mean it's too. like literally stains you harry, harry styles needed that in dunkirk to get mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm really into this thesis i um yeah i mean i worked i worked in this essay and i'm really happy to see that there's a connection to fashion yeah the wheels are turning as well mm-hmm. i just think like the elites want us to think that like oil is a thing of the past but like mm-hmm. no it's not like sorry we're not yeah. all driving priuses like the oil <gasps> is there uh, wait did you guys see that tiktok okay this is another thing too it's like when i was in la i went to the the tar what is it um or the labrea tar pits the, the labrea tar pits which was interesting it, the smell reminded me of a lot of areas of the town i grew up in but like I was watching this TikTok and I don't know if it's true, but they were talking about how there's all these like literal like oil rigs and oil. What did they call them? Um, I don't know. There's like oil pumps like all over the city of LA, but they're like obscured inside buildings. And like palm trees. (laughs) Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It is like weird. Like it's odd. Like it is kind of like surrounds us everywhere, but it's, it's definitely very obscured. And I think we also have this like green energy type beat. Right now, it's been branded really well, and it's been adopted by society because they're like clean energy. Wow! Like, yeah, every company, good. like no matter what, is like our pledge to like mm-hmm. clean energy. But I yeah, don't know, like that's such a yeah. I also when I I interviewed the beauty writer Jessica Tavino, and mm-hmm. she also talked about how within beauty, 
whilst there's been kind of like you said on a, a wider scale with companies being like oh we're moving away from fossil fuels we're moving away from using petroleum or something or petrol in our in our development in beauty there's been like a huge shift towards petrochemicals so i found that really interesting too that seems like something that you can't really like replace like petroleum jelly like, no yeah it's it's kind of everything yeah yeah it is and i just thought that was interesting to think about like how it is still showing up in beauty whereas like i guess in the wider business scape people are rejecting it that's true well i mean I, the thing is is that they're you know they're greenwashing right like Wait, they're did you rejecting see the, the apple commercial that has it's like octavia spencer playing mother earth with like no oh god it was really crazy it was this weird ass Apple commercial where the guy, I don't know if it's Tim Cook, if that's like even his, who's still doing it, but he, it's like an Apple boardroom where Mother Earth like shows up at the head of the table and it's Octavia Spencer and they're like all promising to her that they're like going to take care of her. Like Apple is switching to like 100% clean energy and all this shit. It was just really, it was giving propaganda, but I was like, okay, good. Like, I guess. We I should know. honestly do some sort of episode on the aesthetics of like clean energy. Like I think a lot of a lot of airports it's, have this it's like aesthetic. Furniture metro. It's yeah, metro. furniture metro. It's yeah. And then like Dubai is very much on this tip, mm-hmm. even though Dubai is def- it's like literally just a city built on the wealth of oil, you know. I just feel like there's been such a heavy rebranding where it's like you could just kinda of, obviously it's like very basic thesis, it's called greenwashing, but we should really talk about the aesthetics of clean energy at some point oh my god thinking about energy just freaks me out i'm like there's just not enough of it yeah (laughs) i'm gonna unplug everything well do you remember like i remember like a few years ago or it must have been like a decade ago at this point people were like freaking out that we're gonna run out of oil yeah there's still people that all the time like they come up to their no we're gonna run out in like five years or something i have no idea it was such like i was really obsessed with with like climate change as a kid because my mom got me all these books that were like global warming for kids and like learning about renewable and non-renewable resources i was like oh my god if it's not renewable like hello we're gonna run out but we're kind of not there's so much oil like how is there so there's much that oil. everyone is filling their car up with it every day mm-hmm. y'all should get a subaru i got a subaru and i only fill my car tank like my tank up like once every three weeks that's insane which wow. is crazy for the amount of time i drive like sometimes i'll literally drive to san antonio and back and not have to fill my tank up hmm. for another week so go buy a subaru guys i'll take the bus um, I take the tube and the bus. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm, really, that's way more efficient. I'm public transit pilled, but also I should probably get a motorcycle, TBH. You should, that would be crazy if you got a motorcycle, mm-hmm. you're going to park it in Times Square. <laughs> Literally. I'm going to park it up next to the naked cowboy. <laughs> is he still there? Yeah, I see him a lot. He is. I'm like, I, like kind of weirdly been... obsessed with him. Like I want to like ask him out. Alexi, I feel like his fingers have like herpes, like even his mm-hmm. very fingers. Mm-hmm. yeah i just want to know where he lives honestly Probably and like does he have a roommate nice. i'm sure that vice has done some kind of like inside the naked is he the thing. same guy yeah i'm pretty sure it's always the same guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does he have a website okay sorry he's kind of like early davidson harlot yeah he is because he's got that like weird leathery skin and the blonde yeah. hair you know yeah, it's giving Harley Davidson. Yeah, and the Americana. Yeah, like, I roots, definitely could you know? use. I could definitely use some like leathery skin to go with this. I do feel like the bodies that we see in it are a little too buoyant, and obviously Kylie just got her body redid or something. I don't actually mm-hmm. know the mechanics of how she has changed both her face and her body to such a great extent, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this aesthetic. I mean, I guess I in my I do say I, I will say Julia Fox. She's also probably um, an originator of this in the public eye. She mm-hmm. brings some weird body vibes to the aesthetic because she has a crazy kind of like lipo stomach, mm-hmm. and um, but generally there's like a sense there's like the the, the curvaceousness or like the extreme kind of like Gabrielle thinness yeah. in, in this clothes. Yeah, well, the Julia um, Fox transition is so, like, kibby verifying because, like, her old romantic mm. style looks so good on her, but I feel like she's trying mm-hmm. to go, like, super yang. It's because she's always in the street, too. Like, I, I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. this stuff surrounding her visual, she's, like, in a crosswalk or, like, just out and about looking very dystopian in a way that people are like, oh, my God, like, this is, like, the Hunger Games. Um, mm-hmm. Which, Hunger Games is coming back, and I feel like it, it has a certain oh, yeah. diesel punk vibe to it. Um 
Yeah. That would be so cool. But part of the Hunger Games aesthetic is also so twee. Like, President Snow, the young version of him, feels really twee to me. It's because of his Wonka. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because I just think it's because I'm agreeing with you. It's funny. Like, it's really funny because Donald Sutherland is so twee. Right? That's who plays him. Well, he plays the adult version. And then, yeah, the younger version is played by. It's a total dandy looking kid. Yeah. 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 But I feel like just that whole. It is true. I was just laughing because I think it's so true. But no, I I mean, they should, Glenn Martins should work in collaboration with Hunger Games, much like Godier worked in collaboration with the Mm. fulfillment. We should see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the Hunger Games uniforms when they like are going into battle and shit, like that's such an insane fashion opportunity to like prepare children Mm -hmm. for a battle royale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because in the first in the original Hunger Games series, they wear really tight jumpsuits, but I feel like they could kind of modernize yeah, a, that a bit. It had a kind of equestrian vibe to it. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe that's Katniss's like a horse girl braid and like boots and stuff. Um, she was wearing pil- that, pilgrim steppers, kind of. Is there going to be a second reboot? Like, is this going to be a series? Like this prequel shit? Yeah, I hope so. I don't know. I think we got it's a based on a, a book that was just a prequel, and I think that's all that Susan Collins has done. Oh my god. Okay. Well, we can write fan fiction or something. We literally need to do like a Hunger Games fanfic, but in like Nymphed alumni style. Like a like somehow there should be like a blowcat arena where they're like in a football field and like there's just a lot of potential there. Let's let's wait for Blowcat the movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah guys coming soon <laughs> coming i know soon. i know you've been act- asking for merch for three years but actually we're gonna make a movie about Blowcat instead. <laughs> that's so true i feel like we could also do something like the smurfs where like there are like characters that each of them represents like an aesthetic like like, our, like cinematic Mons. universe is like so extensive you know yeah no we really do have such a crazy the meme that we posted on uh instagram that was like what if instead of the hunger games it was different aesthetics like district one was like tiki or something (laughs) but that needs to actually be real well i guess you know sam's thesis about young people loving uniforms is exactly that yeah Um, yeah it's true all the districts yeah it's true when they oh my god, that's so funny costumes. to think about. Like, it, I guess in all the post-apocalyptic young adult fan or young adult fiction, it's always like, oh, they're sorted based off their industry or by their mental um, acumen. Like, but in our in our post-apocalyptic <laughs> fantasy, it's like you're it's like you're sorted by like clean girl. And like, it's like, just yeah, like you're on sorting day, you get sent to like the clean girl factory. camp. Yeah. <laughs> But then it comes out that you are secretly like a hybrid aesthetic. Like, oh my god, yeah. yes. Your oh, clean shit. girl on your mom's side and then your dad's. Your dad's sleeves. Yeah. Oh, oh that's so good. Wow, let's, let's write this one down. <laughs> yeah, dude. More on that soon. Yeah. Yes, yes. We would be so good at doing that. Remember when Ky- Kendall and Kylie wrote like a weird dystopian Book. YA novel? Like that's really going to be us. <gasps> Wait, oh my god, wait, we really should write a YA novel. I would love to do that. I don't know yeah, why. that used to be like the obvious move. Like now people just start podcasts. We already did that, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it, it flopped. They got a ghostwriter, right? Like, yeah. I honestly, like, and I don't they say this in like a Kardashian hating way. Like, I think they have like an education level of like the, the sixth grade, maybe. Yeah. Probably. Just thinking about when they started doing becoming like celebrities in their own right i would imagine is like around puberty and beyond mm-hmm. Anyways, this is true yeah i want to talk about mass bushwick okay yeah as like a generating point of a lot of the harley davidson harlot stuff like like i just i just know a lot of girls that have this aesthetic um and they like got a bunch of patchwork tattoos and were kind of like white trash vibes this is carmelo's is like is that the place that's in Bushwick? The, yeah. I, I think it has a very Harley Davidson Harlot vibe to it there. Because it's like pool shooting and beer drinking. Well, it does because it was like, it was famously like Skater HQ. Yeah. It probably still is. Yeah, um, probably so is. it was like, there's always like a scuffle of like wheels. And there's such like a boys versus girls vibe there. I mean, I haven't been there in ages, but it's yeah, very same. boys versus girls. 
I should go back mm. and see what the developments are. Like, I wonder if girls have slick back buns like Carmelo's now. Mm. But yeah, Mass Bushwick, I feel like overall was a super boy-coded culture. Like, there was an element of it that was kind of like campy and like club kiddish, but at its core, it was like really crust punk influenced. And around this time, a lot of people were becoming non-binary. And I just remember that, like, I remember seeing posts of people who were like actively trying to like like afab non-binary people like being intentionally into like boy stuff as in like young boy stuff that was like trucks and extreme sports and like having spiky hair and insects and like the general gross out vibe which was kind of like an like masculine age regression feeling but it also kind of gave me the vibe of like big fat liar or like nickelodeon or that like wacky pomo aesthetic of like green splats everywhere and that somehow feels connected to this in like a in a kind of juvenile way do you guys have any thoughts about that something just popped into my head that i forgot about that movie motorcrossed which is literally the mass bushwick disney movie because it's about that girl who dresses up as a boy and so that she can play or just participate in motorsports and <laughs> the movie is like a it's like a play on like cross-dressing motocross <gasps> yeah gasp and that's the name of it and uh it's like some disney movie and i just think that's like very genius and like very before it's time really good. there was also you know? a phase where i feel like a lot of bush people were like going to like monster truck rallies oh yeah i remember that yeah the trucker thing well the thing is is that there's also like i feel like this is where like harley davidson harlot and this like moto mommy vibe is like where mass bushwick started becoming blowcat because at <gasps> first it was like tr- trashy trucker <laughs> um and kind of americana vibes right like mud fights that type of thing yeah. and then it started moving into something a bit more clean and sleek because they were like oh there's also like extreme motorsports in europe let's wear these like sleek super like armored motorcycle yeah, jackets like more tailored stuff instead of just like a big Dale and Hart t-shirt um exactly and then it started kind of moving into that territory and so I feel like this aesthetic is the ghost of Christmas pass for Blowcat. it kind of is yeah Everything's I think so also that the the Nickelodeon slime is totally like the kid version of oil that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's literally it reminds me gold. <laughs> yeah, especially when they like splat it all over you. Um, yeah. yeah. And also, I just remember like playing Mario Kart and there would be like those oil splats all over the screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And that you would. You would Alexa, you're haunted by this. <laughs> I'm literally haunted by oil. <laughs> it's because you guys know that I'm like secretly so Greta Thunberg and like such a climate doomer, but there's something about the oil. I just have you ever slipped in like an oil patch and also like yeah. the tumbler thing of like taking pictures of puddles of oil. Well, I will say I think on on the southwestern tip that as you all know, I'm very obsessed with something that really strikes me about oil. Obviously, it's like this incredibly ancient substance that fuels the world, you know, and something about the desert and like the places where oil was discovered yeah. like on I-10 and I-45. This is something that I noticed anytime I'm driving down I-10 or I-45 through Arizona, New Mexico, West Texas, that all of the gas stations and all of the roadside attractions, they're either themed about aliens or dinosaurs. And to me, aliens represent the future and dinosaurs <gasps> represent the past. And so I think within in the landscape of the desert, the endless expanse of time becomes immediately apparent Whoa. and all of these themes start to like haunt you, which is like one of the reasons why I'm obsessed with we're having so many realizations today this is such a good episode i'm like yeah that's so real something just the way that you phrased it where it's like this ancient substance that like rules the world like it really Mm -hmm. seems like someone wrote like a sci-fi but this is like our Mm -hmm. actual reality it's true yeah it's kind of like dune too wait i guess the guy in dune wears a kind of motocross-esque outfit his like breathing suit yeah like the thing that timothy wears yeah alexi what was your what episode was it that you said that you feel like we're being prepared for like an aquatic world oh my god (laughs) wait yeah that was me when avatar 2 came out yeah um no but it it feels also connected like it's like why because now i'm thinking i'm like oh my god like it's getting rough for women to wear heels out there you never know what the weather's gonna do like the seasonal change is not predictable it's like 80 degrees in new york this 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 november so it's like 
I don't know. Like the cottage court actually isn't very functional. Yeah, Mm-mm. it's like extreme weather, extreme sports, extreme shit going on outside. That's why we need uniforms because we have too much shit to think about. You know what I mean? And yeah. too many options to consider. So it's good to have the reliability of a uniform. Even though I'm kind of anti-uniform dressing, I say express yourself. Remix it a bit. Have some originality. But I agree. But within uniforms, that there's so much like you can do. Like That's why I vibe with it so much. But the thing is, is that like it still adds constraints to you. And I feel like you should free yourself from all chains. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In this life. Well, but you know, the structure maybe is good. Maybe you could free then... yourself from other chains. You know what I mean? That's like, true. I feel like some people just like really don't care about. I mean, I don't think anyone should be doing like Silicon Valley minimalism. But I guess if you wanted to wear um, a motocross suit every single day, I would be like, <laughs> rock wait, on. That is, wait, that is that's quite kind of, wait, there's like an indie sleaze subset of this also because like Noah Dillon and like the helps are always wearing those like big ass sunglasses and like a oh, yeah. really tight leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does look a bit like motocross and dune and all of that shit. Well, it, it's giving Posh Spice to me because she would always wear those same sunglasses on her ski trips. I keep seeing photos of them. Yeah. As, you know. Speaking of Noah Dillon, we should definitely get back into the skinny of it all. Because like I actually think that <laughs> the motocross <laughs> jacket. Oh my god, if someone said that about me, I would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I w- all I was trying to say is that what's great about a motocross style is that it cinches in at the waist so yes, you have the broad yes. shoulders but then it still reveals to everyone your amazing ratios and that is why i think designers like to work with it in addition to what alexi mentioned like the external exoskeleton and kind of being able to build that with like padding and yeah like sculptural lines but anyways, that was all. We haven't even talked about sunglasses. I feel like sunglasses are a big thing, but also yeah, like the wraparound shape and like sunglasses just being quite like huge. Like it kind of seems like an and extension like of the Armani effect. Yeah, but also like you know how normies are really obsessed with like pit vipers and like wearing them to parties and stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's like the cloud goggles of the modern day. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. How do you guys feel about wearing sunglasses at night? It's like I actually feel good about it. Yeah. I am experiencing vision loss at the moment, so I already I feel like it would be quite dangerous for me. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, for my Halloween costume, I had to wear sunglasses, and I liked wearing them at night because I felt like mysterious. It's like the armor vibe. You do feel safe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt so safe, yeah. Wait, what was your Halloween costume? It was uh, Julia Roberts in Notting Hill. Oh, right. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jackson's cute Grant visual. (laughs) This is true. That is such a cute outfit. I love that. He was was really mad that he had to, he was like, I don't want to wear this. And then he got kind of drunk and he was like, well, everyone thinks I'm so sexy. (laughs) 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 That's the like average girl on Halloween. Like that, you come to that realization. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Anyways. Um. I, speaking of the British people, I wanted to talk about the allegations against Kai that it is a ripoff and what that means. So, um, oh yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the stylist, creative director, now designer Betsy Johnson, not Betsy Johnson of TJ Maxx fame. Uh, her name has no e in the Betsy, but she's a British oh. woman who's like kind of very Euro vibe. She's always, I feel like she's been quite foundational to the more avant garde end of the Harley Davidson Harlot look. She's worked with brands like Balenciaga, Yeezy, and Diesel. Um, and this last this year, she launched her own brand called Products Limited. And after the launch of Kai, she posted on her Instagram story. We emailed Kylie and all her team products limited concepts and language and line sheets six months ago. Interesting concept, Kylie. Interesting. Thanks for the cosign. Fuck your support. (laughs) And then she basically talks about how, you know, she's reckoning with student debt, working her ass off. She's from a working class background. They weren't, you know, born into this. And that she, you know, she still knows her, who her supporters are in and outside of fashion. I appreciate you. You want to gag over lazy celeb merch duped business models? Be my guest. Working people don't lose hope. We're here for more than a gag collection and a bag. Long game. Anyway, so this is what I think about that. Well, 
I think Kai products definitely have similarities, but like I honestly don't think it's to the point of plagiarism. And I could be missing something here, but in my opinion, like the Kardashian Jenners have such a direct relationship to like Balenciaga and Dimna and Kanye and Yeezy, who have been so formative to the influence of motorcycle materials and motifs in fashion. And like it's kind of hard to trace the lineage there directly with Betsy having worked at Balenciaga and Yeezy. But I just don't think that like Moto is super ownable as an independent yeah. designer if you've already worked yeah. for these major brands. So like I like I said, I could be missing something, but that feels like a bit knee jerk to me since this look has been trending for years now. Yeah, it's I mean it's like I was saying, like twenty sixteen is really when it felt like it was starting, you know, with like the Tayana Taylor runway pixie haircut look and really very like I think Weirdly enough, because I think in the fashion pipeline, it starts in kind of more alternative spaces and then it moves into all these different places and then ends up finally at those like kind of fashion for girlies, international fashion accounts on Instagram, you know, (laughs) and but weirdly enough, I feel like back in the day that like motorcycle jacket was was very much like a fashion for girlies, like Instagram inspo page. Yeah, like the sunglasses and jacket thing is like... It's very 2016, you know? Yeah. I also feel like it's it's kind of doing herself a disservice to be, like, to even... I, I guess it is it is insulting that she, like, directly sent them shit, and then they were, like, obviously influenced by it. I think that's, like, the strongest mm-hmm. case that she has. Yeah. But it's so watered down and such, like, a reduced and, like, less interesting version. Like, the fucking website is just, like, a puffer jacket and, like, a cat suit. Um, whereas, like, the styling on all of the Betsy Johnson stuff is really interesting. Also, the fact that it's mm-hmm. called Products Limited... It's busy wrote down something about pre-workshop, but like yeah, there's something really interesting about like the naming of this stuff and the like branding of it and the industrial kind of feeling that it has. Yeah. I think it's like it's like they're always like let's go to the factory. Let's go to the Yeah, it's factory. like commerce realism. Like instead of doing the commerce like traditional realism, gasp. Thank you. I Love I, that. I'm feeling inspired because fire. Oliver was just here. I know. I his presence is your still muse. With me. Um yeah. but yeah, it's, like, the aesthetic of, like, having sale tags on everything. Like, a lot of her stuff has, like, like sale tags and, like, this, like, receipt paper crumbled background. Be, like, it like, just fucking real, though. Like, this is, like, this is all Virgil, you know? Yeah. It's, like... True. I don't True. know. Like, I totally understand. Like, I think her work is amazing as well. And I support anyone from the town of Grim- Grimsby in England. But, <laughs> like... I don't know it just you have to realize like there's a hyperinflation of ideas and like they're gonna be swished around and like spit out all the time yeah and I don't think for her to think that like Kai is like in any way competing or like providing like a knockoff for like anything that she has done like it's such completely different audiences I'm sure that they did kind of rip her off though because I feel like that's very much in the I mean, there, there's there's a whole there's a whole history of of the Kardashians and Yeezy just like ripping off small designers and like yeah. crediting them. You know, so that's just Azalea kind of their common practice. Azalea Banks made that like survival kit for Yeezy, and then she like posted what? all the stuff about it. Wait, she made I, this like yeah, the Yeezy I, modular survival kit that was like this, I this. little box. That's really that embarrassing. Had a bunch of shit in it. I. It's really hard to say what was even in there, but she um made this long post being like, it contains, oh yeah, and it had an electric generator, a hot plate, a cl- clothes washer, and a mini fridge as a mini disaster fridge. kit for camping. She designed it with someone from Yeezy Industries, dot, dot, dot. She also designed a Yeezy logo. I don't know. It, it was just, just like funny to me, this design. Well, world. all I'm saying is like, in this side of fashion mm-hmm. everyone is like working together like esther who's the founder of pricks workshop used to work at easy you know it's like oh really? you know i don't know i sound like such a hater but um i feel like not not to say this but like specifically with the moto look it feels like the sign and the signifier are so disconnected in the mm-hmm. in the way that i mean like Kylie is probably referencing stuff that she's worn or has had in her closet or that she's seen from like Balenciaga or Yeezy but then was like influenced by Betsy Johnson and like Products Limited. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like, it's just this. Yeah, I wouldn't trust a Kardashian brand to like really clear their references or like. Oh, no, you know. we're beefing with brands right now um, in terms True. of plagiarism. 
of our own work. Ugh. Yeah, this has happened to <gasps> us so many times over this past year. Yeah. You guys need to pray for us, you know? We will never, ever sue, though. We will never to- stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We will never stop creating ideas for the public. Um, we will never stop creating true. ideas for the public and our we're patrons. Just, we're literally, like, yeah, we just love culture. Wait, I want pre-workshop, and they really, they have, like, these moto jackets. What the hell is PFUSA? Wait, is it pre-workshop or pricks? It's I think pricks. it's, like, pre, like, would it be pre if it's, like, French vibes, or? No, it's pricks, I think. Really? What, they're making these like yeah what like, crew shirts yeah. they're starting to get really obviously moto okay okay well to wrap up should we do some um some would you rather's yes ma'am okay who would you rather have to go on a motorcycle trip with rosalia or julia fox it's like you two on a motorcycle, like, like a motorcycle like, diaries style. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I feel like definitely Julia Fox because she seems she seems like a kind of heart hearty, sturdy, gritty woman who could handle any situation thrown at her. And Rosalia, like I just feel like she has her vibe isn't very strong, you know. Yeah, she seems like more actually a diva, whereas Julia Fox has yeah. this like fashion diva image. But she was out there with Salem, like in the. In the Louisiana so, marshes. Yeah. <laughs> she was in the trenches, and so I yeah, I trust her to be able to protect us. Yeah. 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 She seems like a good ally. That's like the Grimes riverboat of, like, this aesthetic. <laughs> like, Julia yeah. Fox motocross journey. In the Louisiana marshes with Salem. Yeah. Some sort of love triangle vibes. Yeah, I, I just feel like she can survive any situation, and I... <laughs> don't think that Rosalia can because she's Spanish and yeah, they what's have, the like, hardship there? Like you ate too much paella and now you need to take a yeah. nap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Oh my God. Okay. Um, would you rather mud fight Demna <gasps> at a monster truck rally or motorcycle race Glenn Martin Martins at <laughs> um at um at fashion week an, at an oil well you know i have a fear of like slipping on oil or like getting it splatted yeah. on me so i think True. i would the mud shit i mean it would be like an elena velez type of vibe so i think i could get down alexia i feel like a lot of your fears have to do with like the natural elements you're like afraid of fish you're afraid of oil it's being yeah. water, earth, fire, air. It's because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can get down with earth and, like, dirt and shit, but I think fish and oil come from the same thing because they have that weird, like, slimy, like, vibe. Like, I just don't. Mm, okay. I can't get into That makes it. sense. What about you, Biz? Motorcycle race mm. or mud fight? Motorcycles are really dangerous. <laughs> so mm. I, my mom would never, my mom, when I was growing up, um, was like, you should never get on a, the back of a motorcycle. But then I would get drunk and I would do it anyways mm. as a as a young adult. But um, <gasps> so I would say I would never want to drive a motorcycle myself. It seems so hard. Like mm-hmm. it is like a powerful beast. Uh, so I guess I mean I feel like Demna would win the mud, mud fight. He probably kill me. But yeah, I guess I feel. But I I don't I don't I think he has a higher death drive than like Glenn Martin's does in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He dies. So he maybe dies. I'd be less likely to die in the second scenario. Wow, that's a really good point. Thanks. I feel like with Glenn, it could be fun. I don't know. Yeah, because he's a bit sillier. Yeah. Did you guys see that TikTok of like AI generated Harry Potter characters in Berlin? Yes. Maybe. <gasps> yes. That was so good. It was giving really Demna to me. Like I felt like Dobby was Demna. That. <laughs> that's you really know? good. I had a dream about Hogwarts last night. Um, <laughs> like, that's so okay, funny. would you rather wear the Modomami H&M collection or Kai for the rest of your life? Oh, God, girl. Wait, Modomami is- H- H&M? Yeah, there was a collab with Modomami and H&M where it was actually, like, giving so anti-woman to me because it was literally just, like, clothes for, like, Stan Twitter twinks um, and, like, that's not true. Rosalia-style woman. But yeah, I'm every time go- I went to H&M, they would always have a ton of, like, discounted Moto Mommy merch. I'm going to have to go with Kai, yeah. 
I, I'm not a big hoodie girl, you know? I feel like there's going to be a point where it's like there is an acceptance point with girls wearing skims. Like, for example, Perla talking about how she loves skims. Uh, that's probably going to happen with Kai as well. Mm. Like, the girls are like, oh my god, I actually, I'm the most fashionable girl on earth and I love wearing Kai. The products are so similar to me, though. Like, what would compel someone to get a Kai bodysuit over a skims bodysuit? Or like a Kai baby tea over Skims baby tea. Like it's, it's just your Kai stan, you know. I feel yeah. like it's literally girls, so you know? literal as it's like copy paste Latina Skims. It's I like think. Kai mm-hmm. is to Skims as Miu Miu is to Prada. Like it, like <gasps> Kylie. It's like a legitimate little, little sister sis- brand. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh my god, that's genius. That's so true. It's just naturally so much edgier because Kylie's mm-hmm. younger and way more experimental with her her look these days than Kim Kimberly is. Um cool that's yeah i would i think we would all probably wear kai then right yeah Yeah. we should end it on that because that's a genius observation biz ty it is oh wait wait we should do we should do a couple questions for the discord oh yeah yeah i think probably we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts in the discord about what you think about kai is it something that you would want to wear and do you feel inspired by the moto aesthetic at all or i guess also like i'm actually really curious if, you know wherever you may be living are you seeing this there because mm-hmm. it's certainly formed factions in the places that we're living but obviously we don't have the global perspective and yeah and i'm also interested in the correlation between like actual motorcycling culture or like motorbike culture and this expression in fashion as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, also petrochemical vibes. I would love some sort of, you know, I think we we discovered this new kind of side to fashion. Not discovered, but just grew our interest to it, this side of fashion, like petrochemical, Dow chemical kind of weird side of things. If you guys have any readings or recommendations surrounding this, I'm, I'm sure that there's tons that are related to sustainability and fashion. Um, please share. And we shall discuss, host a little discussions about anything that you'd like to share. Yeah, I guess the last question I have is like, I'd love to hear what people (laughs) actually think about Diesel's rebrand because it's not like new Mm. news anymore, obviously. But I wonder if it's getting to a point where people aren't as excited by it or if people are still kind of excited to see how this moto aesthetic is going to play out over the next couple seasons. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, Can't wait to talk to you guys soon. Love y'all. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.